0: Welcome to the Andrea K show. She's blonde, 5 foot 2 and 102 pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is. Andrea K.
1: Good
2: evening, and welcome to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Is it Hump Day yet? What day Is it just Tuesday? (laughs) Only Tuesday. It's only Tuesday? That's okay because it's Taco Tuesday and that's exactly what I'm going to have tonight uh, when I get home. Hey, whatever day of the week it is, I'm just honored to get to share this time with you guys. If you're listening in your car on your way home, enjoying, I'm loving this time of year. It's it's now uh, sunshine well past 5 p.m. and you get to ride home in this glorious San Diego weather. So if you're listening to us in your car, uh, just sit back and chill and relax on your way home. Time change coming up soon. A time change coming up soon. If you're uh, uh, watching us on, uh, we are streaming live on the Answer San Diego Facebook page, as well as in our private group, Uh Keep those comments rolling, and we'll try to save a little bit of time later on in the show to read those out. We've got so much to cover tonight. Oh, my gosh. Um, Texas and Mississippi dropping the masks, baby. we got to talk about them flipping red. We've got to talk about uh, SCOTUS finally heard a case on election. Today, not the case that you would think, but we've got uh, Wendy Patrick, our favorite legal analyst, is going to be here to talk about that. Cuomo got stripped and it wasn't playing a game of strip poker with a staffer that he tried to make happen on an airplane. So we got that to talk about. Who else got stripped? Dr. Seuss did, baby, of at least six of his books that they are going to try to have banned everywhere and try to get put in a vault or banned or burned or whatever it is uh, they the left is trying to do these days to keep you from um, hearing a, a, or a message or reading a book that you don't want to see. Todd Starnes said it perfectly. I love Todd Starnes. It's been a long time since I've had him on my show. He said, I don't know if Dr. Seuss is a racist, but what I do know is that it was Nazis who burned books. Uh, joining me now, uh, I'm not going to give the phone number out right now. I'm going to bring him in first because a lot of times I get that phone number and the phones start ringing before you even get a chance to introduce my man here, the, the dude who answers the phone. He can't talk and answer the phone at the same time. It's DJ Potato Skins.
0: We have a gentleman. Tremendous things are happening. We built the greatest economy in history, the best jobs, the okay. best. DJ Potato Skins. DJ Potato Skins.
3: Yeah, and then the next administration, Mr. President, come they come in and they just completely tank everything that you've done unexcusable and they call Dr. Seuss racist yeah. that I will never understand and
2: I'm telling ever. right and I'm telling y'all right now ain't nobody here believe in the polls that they're trying to push out today <laughs>
3: Oh, I saw those, and I, I just about died laughing.
2: Uh, you know, who's, who you know, who needs comedy clubs to reopen right now, right? Because we've got, we've got comedy in these poll numbers, 60%. Oh, I,
3: I read 61. Uh,
2: right at 61%, supposedly approve of Joe Biden. Yeah, I'm sure that includes the Keystone Pipeline workers whose jobs are gone. I'm sure that's the hard hats that drive an hour to work every day, and back and forth in San Diego County, now paying $4 for a gallon of gas. I'm sure that that includes, uh, you know, restaurants, Restaurant owners that are still under the weight of the jackboot of tyranny. and must yes, have been an
3: Ivy League study.
2: Yeah, an Ivy League study. We know that uh, the Joe Biden's uh, CDC is, is involved in, in trying to continue these shutdowns. 888-344-1170 if you want to weigh in on the topics of the day. Uh, this morning, Greg Abbott out of Texas tweeted out that he had a big announcement in 15 minutes. And the announcement was is that he was signing an executive order that was going to uh, reopen Texas. And I mean, reopen. The definition of reopening is 100 percent. No, 100 percent. Well, mask is a different. I'm talking about you. You can't say that you were. Oh, well, it's kind of tight. You can't say that you are reopened if you have any restrictions whatsoever on any business. The United States Constitution does not provide anywhere in there. That the government gets to come in and seize control over your business or your life because there's a virus going around. So reopening means reopening. It means 100% to capacity. It means no stupid mandates on anybody. And yeah, I'm calling them stupid because if you've been paying attention to the data, to the science, paying attention to your own eyes, there was never any data or science that supported None. these shutdowns in the, in these, uh, these shutdowns and these lockdowns from the jump. No data, no science. So a lot of people uh, are, you know, patting uh, Abbott on the back today. And I- I- I'm glad that he's actually doing this. He should be admitting that he made a mistake in the first place. He should be saying that he should have never done this in the first place. He should be s- saying that it is not constitutional to do this. He he, he needs to piggyback on his statement that said. Um, that uh, that this is going to allow businesses uh, and citizens to determine quote uh, it will uh, grant them quote the freedom to determine their own destiny. That is what the U.S. Constitution was based on when it was written, and that has not changed, as President Trump said in his uh, his CPAC speech. That we believe, Trumpism is about believing that the Constitution meant what it said when it was written. And that includes individual liberty, individual freedom, and the free markets. There is nothing constitutional about any of this. Now, to all the people that are coming at me on Twitter saying, and and Gavin Newsom saying this is reckless, and, oh, you know, people are going to die. Well, let me remind you of all the ways— I, you know, COVIDiot was training on Twitter today, and I said, "What to me, the definition of COVIDiot is anybody thinking that the government can stop you from catching a virus that's going to kill you. If you have been operating on that, I'm not going to be nice about it anymore. You want to know why? Because Gavin Newsom is saying that what Texas is doing is reckless. You know what reckless is? Reckless is just literally destroying the lives of americans with no reason whatsoever arbitrarily unnecessarily shutting down businesses we shutting down schools children committing suicide because they can't they can't associate with their with their friends people committing suicide are getting drug addicted because they're they're forced to have their businesses shut down. That's reckless. Let me let me remind you of a couple of things here that have to do with, with destiny to, you know, um, the freedom to determine your own destiny. Oh, you know, you, you know you're, you're, people are going to die. Every time you leave your home, you are running the risk of death. Every time you get in your car, let's think of all the different ways in which you, which you could die out there going about your life, riding in a car, Particularly since riding in your car in areas like in San Diego was particularly reckless because you could have, like we had an accident today, where 25, they're refusing to tell us the legal status of these people, but there was 25 people crammed into an SUV and 13 people died. We know that that was we know that that was human trafficking. It was at the border, okay? So we know that they're not prosecuting. We know that you, ride in, you get in your car and you're running the risk of losing your life, in particular, and losing your life to an illegal who's driving drunk. Uh, we know that you're running the risk of, of losing your life uh, by getting struck by lightning if you leave your home. You could get um, you could you know leave you could die in a plane crash. There's people making choices every day.
3: You could be jogging around the block and a stray dog comes up and bites you.
2: You could get you could bit, get bit by a snake. We got rattlesnakes here. There's all different ways. You you take a risk leaving your home, but you know what? You risk losing your life inside your home. You could get electro, electrocuted because a blow dryer falls in the tub. You could slip and fall and hit your head like Mitt Romney. There's the bottom line is this government cannot guarantee you that you're not going to lose your life. And it is not my responsibility, nor anybody's responsibility. It's not the government's responsibility to keep you alive. Yours. And it's, it's not my responsibility to keep you alive through government tyranny. And one of the other things that I've reminded people of. Uh, is that. If you are going to try to assign me responsibility for your life, then that means you're going to give me full control over your life. You're not going to make me responsible. You're not going to tell me I've got to wear a mask because I'm respons- because otherwise, if you catch the coronavirus, you're going to die. It's my fault. If you're going to put your life in my hands and I'm going to control, I'm going to get to decide how reckless you are with the food that you eat. I'm going to get to decide how reckless you are with how much alcohol you drink. And whether or not you're one of these people that was going into these pot dispensaries while restaurants were shut down, you were going in these pot dispensaries loading up on gummies. I'm going to get to decide how reckless you are with how many people you're sleeping with and which manner in which you do it. I'm going to get to decide whether or not you put the fork down, whether or not you work out. So this is and why am I going into all this again? Because I feel like I got to go back to the beginning because I had so many conservatives coming at me angry. Let me tell you, there's no reason for Abbott to be doing this today or Mississippi to be doing this today. Um, There's no reason today that didn't exist six months ago, that didn't exist a year ago. He made the decision to do this, to allow people to allow people the freedom to determine their own destiny. We don't need your permission to do that, uh, Greg Abbott. We don't need the permission of anybody to do that. That's what this country was founded on. And I had conservatives. Part of the reason why we are in this mess is because of how many conservatives joined in the insanity that was giving government control over our lives. And it needs to stop. If you are a private business and you want to require somebody to wear a mask or you're a restaurant and you want to, and, and you want to trim it to 25%, that's your, that should be your right to do so. And if I want to work at a place or if I don't want to work at a place that has these requirements, that's freedom. But freedom is not government dictating over us. And that should have never been any conservative views. And quite frankly, Trump should have never gone along with it. Right now, the Biden administration is panicking. Fauci, fraud faucis they're all panicking because there's nothing they can do, really, to stop these governors from from releasing the jackboot of tyranny off the necks, and in particular, when, when people don't drop dead in the streets as a result of it, then they, the real reason why they're panicking is because it's going, to, it's going to remove any cover, any reason for the Democrats in these blue states to continue to do this. But there will still be people that I will see riding around in cars with masks on by themselves. That's
3: the silliest thing I have ever seen, Andrea.
2: Because the thing is, is as one doctor put it, and then I'm going to take a break and, and, and uh, switch switch gears. As one doctor put it, it's easy to get panic and fear implanted into somebody's psyche, and it's really different, difficult to get it removed, to to remove it. So, we, uh, so the people that got on board with this COVID panic and are still scared to death of it are the people riding around in their cars with their masks on. It's not rational. That's just not rational. And we can't do anything about those people. And if they want to do that, fine. But that, doesn't, that does not put an obligation onto me or onto any other business owner. As the meme was going around beginning a year ago, your fear, where your fear begins is, or where your fear ends is not where. I can't remember what the saying is. I got to Google it. But your fear does not create an obligation on my part to do anything. And if you're that fearful, stay home. And the rest of us need to go about our lives. We're going to take a break. We come back. We're going to we're going to switch it, take it all the way over to the Supreme Court, talk about the case that they heard today, and we got to talk about Cuomo. Uh, Wendy Patrick, host of today with Dr. Wendy, will be here. She's also my favorite legal analyst, and we'd love to hear from you. 888-344-1170.
0: Be sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter at Andrea K Show. And follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K. Kay. Spelled K-A-Y-E.
3: AK Dynamite and Address or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, she's on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea
2: K Show, 888-344-1170. Scotus heard a case about the elections today. But it ain't got anything to do with the fraud that had to do with uh, the election in November of 2020. Here to get into the inside of it, because I think that it actually has some implications to our elections going forward, is my favorite legal analyst, host of Today with Dr. Wendy. Of course, I'm talking about my girl, Wendy Patrick, and she joins me
1: now. Hey, Wendy, welcome back. Hey, AK. It's always such a pleasure to be on with you.
2: Okay, so let's tell everybody um, what this... Well, I'm, I'm going to tell you what I think in my layman's terms of what this case is supposed to be about, and you then you give me your legal. Tell me if I'm right, because I because I, I mean you're so brilliant legally, and I'm and I'm just a little non-lawyer, so <laughs> I want to make sure that I understand it so that I can explain it to other people as well. Okay, so there's civil the Civil Rights Act. Well, let me backtrack. Arizona, the state legislator, following the Constitution, crafted. Um, laws surrounding the election that said they are not going to count votes if you voted in person in a precinct to where you were not designated. And they also banned ballot harvesting, which is where somebody, just any Tom Dick and Harry, can show up at your house, take your ballot, and go turn it in for you. So the Democrat Party said that this was in violation of the Civil Rights Act. And so it went through the courts and appeals da da da, before the Supreme Court decided to take it. And that has me confused, Wendy Patrick. And you can tell me if I'm right and how I'm interpreting what this case is about. And because my, I'm confused, because when I see, hear what Arizona did, how could it have anything to do with civil rights and denying anybody their rights to vote? Because Arizona didn't that that what they crafted and required applies to everybody.
1: That's right. You know, one of the reasons this case is so tricky is it is very hard to determine, and so said the justices in the two-hour teleconference that they heard the case today. It is hard to determine what is impacting minority voters. Is it the fact that they live in a certain place, that they don't drive to the polling places, that they're they're disenfranchised in a fashion that these laws might interact with to make them in violation of the 1965 law? So the two laws that are being challenged, the two that were at issue today. The first one is you gotta vote at the right place. So wrong place, wrong time. You can't vote at a precinct that's not your assigned precinct. And the second is you point out that only certain persons can deliver your ballots for you. Family, caregivers, mail carriers, election officials. There's a short list of people that you can give your ballot to for delivery. You can't just have people, as you mentioned, going door to door, canvassing ballots, collecting them. Those laws have been on the books and they aren't meant to disenfranchise anybody in particular. But what the justices were faced with is is the practical impact such that minority groups are being disenfranchised. If the answer is yes, that is something they're gonna to want to take a look at. If the answer is no, as you say, they're gonna look at well, is this the disparate impact notwithstanding a race neutral intent? It's all very tricky. You know, as much as I try to make some of these these arguments practical, mm-hmm. I got I even quote the justices during this two-hour teleconference that even they were saying, you know, that's a bunch of words, counsel. What does it mean? Uh, They were saying, well, what actually are you asking for that's different than what your opponent is saying? So if we are reading these arguments and still remaining a little bit confused, we're in good company (laughs) because that actually comprised much of the justices' questions today. And by the way, they are not going to have a decision anytime soon. I guess June is probably... When we're finally going to hear the way they're going to come out on this case.
2: Well, I I find it disconcerting that this is the one case they were willing to hear arguments on, which is, quite frankly, the Democrat Party contorting themselves into a pretzel to pull the race card out over something that has absolutely nothing to do with race. If somebody is required to vote in a precinct, Then they're required to vote in a precinct, no matter what their color is, no matter what their race is, no matter what their age is. It, It has nothing at all to do with anybody's race. And if the and if ballot right. harvesting has so, so to me, I, I'm actually really um angry that the supreme court even bothered to hear this because this has this is so feeding into the irrationality, the blatant cynical exploitation to play the race card in order to to um you know argue that any voting restrictions because ultimately we know that what this is about, this is about, and you know, at least from um. I can say here that what this is about is any time there is any attempt to block fraud whether it's voter ID whether it's to stop mail in balloting whether it's to require signature verification any of that it's the excuse is always that that hurts minorities and the reason why they same even when it comes to clearing voter rolls there you know it's all about you know the more um, uh, any they try to char- characterize any restriction that prevents fraud as being racist Because the more opportunity for fraud, the better it is for the Democrats. And I felt like the Republican who answered the question today, Amy Coney Barrett asked the question, what's the RNC's interest here? And I felt like he gave a really crappy answer. His answer was politics is a zero sum game. What he should have said was "Uh, our interest here is to stop fraud because the Republican Party. Uh, You know, is uh, the the Republican Party wants fair elections and ballot harvesting has been has been shown, for example, as an opportunity for fraud.
1: Yeah. You know, Justice Barrett also made one of the clearest cut statements of the day. She said, as you were just alluding to, she said all election rules are going to make it easier for some to vote than others. That's not the standard that they're there to hear. That, not that, I mean, somebody's going to be, uh, find it difficult to comply, but that wasn't the purpose. That wasn't the point. Was that what was produced? Remember that the interesting thing about the arguments on both sides is the justices, both on the left and on the right, seem to be expressing this opinion that both sides were more on the same page as they were letting on. Let me just quote a couple of them. So, Justice Alito, he's the one that said, well, those are a lot of words. I don't really understand what they mean. But Justice Kagan, okay. A very uh, a liberal justice on the court. She said, "The longer this argument goes on, this was her talking to the lawyers, the less clear I am as to how the party standards." differ. And then Justice Breyer echoed that point. Sounds like the parties are pretty close on the standards. So here's the bottom line, Andrea. All election restrictions, all election rules are going to disenfranchise someone. But is that what they were designed for? Is that the practical implication? And which test should govern? Those were some of the issues that were being debated. And I have to say, I think that everyone was so in the weeds that the justices are going to have to shake this one out to try to determine what are we standard we going to use? What about these two laws? And how then, here's the other important question, Andrea, how will our decision today when they finally decide, how is this going to impact voting restrictions going forward? Because you're absolutely right. We just came off of an election where there were lots of different states that were using standards, some which were workable, some which weren't, and some which weren't even sanctioned by the legislature, which is why, of course, we have so many challenges.
2: Well, yeah, which is is unconstitutional. You know, it's it's the Constitution makes it clear that the state legislators are supposed to come, be coming up with the rules for each state. Arizona did it. Quite frankly, they shouldn't be hearing this. What they 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 refuse the Supreme Court refused to hear a case out of Texas um, uh, that had to do with the contested states that were ignoring the state legis- uh the um, that had uh, the state legislators um, being uh, circumvented, where you had different people, you know, like the governor of Georgia deciding to change the election. Laws. They didn't want to hear that, but then they hear a case today that has to do with the state legislators following the Constitution. They didn't hear the case out of Texas that had to do with unconstitutional bypasses of the state legislator, but then they hear a case today that has to do with the different states, Arizona, following the Constitution. They have the right under the Constitution to. Put these these uh, voting restrictions in place, and quite frankly, keep it simple, stupid. It, why are why were they hearing a case that had to do with a civil right that has to do with civil rights? That when the laws that were put in place legally by the state legislator had nothing at all to do with race. I don't really need nine justices in black robes twisting and turning and deciding what's disparate and what isn't. There, this is it's already been decided. Nobody has denied the right to vote in this country, and the state legislators have a right to decide how that voting takes place by the state. When I was in college and didn't have a car, I had to figure out how I was going to get to downtown Baton Rouge with no money in my pocket to wait two hours to be able to vote. Okay? That was what was required of me, and I had the choice to either try to get myself there and vote or stay home. I don't really care how difficult it is for everybody, because you know what? We, we, You know, life isn't fair. Life is difficult for a lot of us. Okay.
1: Yeah, and you know, the, what you're saying was actually echoed by several members of the court's conservative majority. They found these restrictions, the ones we've described, they called them sensible, commonplace, and at least partly endorsed by a bipartisan consensus. That was very important because to have bipartisan support for several types of regulations, well, I mean it's hard to then argue, oh, but they're they're disproportionately applied. They only disenfranchise certain groups. And those are the kinds of things that the lawyers would have had to have been arguing, mm-hmm. but apparently it wasn't they were too close together for the justices to really be able to distinguish between the arguments. That that's, you know, you know that's a red flag, and I can yeah. tell you this for 25 years in the courtroom, where the judge looks down at the parties and says, "I'm not exactly clear, ex- you know, how you how your positions diverge and where." Yeah. So, like I said, they're going to have to shake this one out, and we're going to be waiting. We'll find out in June.
2: Yeah, we will. Um, okay, so shifting gears, we're talking to uh, Wendy Patrick, host of Today with Dr. Wendy, a legal analyst, kind of a, a you know kind of a legal story, clearly a huge political story, which is. Um, uh, governor creeper Cuomo we've got number three uh, come out last night who said I meet this man governor at a wedding a few years ago and he grabs my face and tries to kiss me I mean this guy's just been all, all over women all over, and then a video comes out today when he got swabbed for coronavirus he says to the doctor <laughs> You make oh, no. that gown look good, girl. I mean, I mean, this guy is just like—I oh. mean, come on. How you know? Is, if if the was he even still in his job? Would he not have already been fired out of the private sector for sexual harassment? Is this not criminal, according to you know our civil courts?
1: According to the courts and according to the current investigation, and this is breaking news as of today, the New York Attorney General received a formal referral letter on Monday from the governor's office to begin an investigation into the sexual harassment allegations. So this is a significant step, Andrea. Now we actually have a formal investigation. Now, how will this impact the claims? Well, for one thing, don't expect to hear anything from the governor because now there's an investigation ongoing, um, and we're probably not going to have more than came out over the weekend, which was insufficient in the eyes of the victims and in the eyes of the general public. And even Governor Cuomo himself stated and and has acknowledged, you know what, you have the right to be asking these questions because the significance of these allegations that we're now discussing, remember, they these are not from 1986. Mm -hmm. These are from the last couple of years. Remember, Andrea, the weekend that Harvey Weinstein slid from powerhouse to pariah. That wasn't 10 years ago, that was in 2017. So after that happened, after we had Me Too and Time's Up and all the dominoes were falling, you would have expected everyone, both male and female, in any position of power, to be on their best behavior these allegations are within the last couple of years. So this social climate change, the end of an era, that had already begun. So Governor Cuomo has some questions that he has to answer. Uh, now, he has talked a little bit about, you know, these was, was, this was innocent, it was misrepresentation, misperception, of flirtation. Mm-hmm. Well, that ambiguity is insufficient, and he's going to have to do better than that. He had no doubt acknowledges and realizes that himself. But that's probably going to come next, at least once the investigation is completed.
2: Well, uh, you know, when you see the the picture on the cover of a magazine of him with this, gr- with this girl, you know, hands on this girl's face at a I wedding, know. I mean, yeah. and, and the video of him to the doctor or the video of him to this journalist, I want to see you eat the whole sausage. I mean, you know, to me, there's, yeah. quite, there's enough evidence that if he was a Republican, he'd already been yanked out of office. He'd already been forced yeah. to resign. They stripped him of a lot of his powers today. Um. Uh. I, I'm liking that word "stripped" because you know he tried to tell a staffer she he wanted her to play strip poker on an airplane. So I mean, if if he if they've taken his his powers under the Emergency Act away from him, I mean, what is he even doing? Oh, and get this. I don't know if you heard. Geraldo Rivera was like, "Well, look, he's 63 years old, and there's nothing to do in Albany, New York. Nice excuse, Geraldo."
1: Well, you know, one of the things that has emerged about this story, and and I'm glad you cited a a Democrat commentator um, who who covers a lot of things in a bipartisan fashion is sexual harassment is not a partisan issue. And what distinguishes cases like this from so many of the other things we talk about politically is you hear loud voices from both sides of the aisle Mm -hmm. because women and men of both parties are not going to stand for sexual harassment. It's ironic, Andrea that it would take this kind of bipartisan outrage to be sort of a uniting force behind the desire for an investigation, which is now started. So while Governor Cuomo, he denies a lot of the worst of this, the allegations he admits saying, pretend he has, hasn't given us a quote list of what mm-hmm. he has or hasn't said, um, but he has a position of power. And it's very likely that over the years he hasn't been called out on maybe some of this questionable conduct. So it's probably how it got out of hand. Perhaps, but we will reserve judgment. We've heard the allegations. We're now going to hear from the formalized investigation that, thankfully, is now underway.
2: Well, I, I'm somebody. I said uh, Kavanaugh, and I'm somebody who believes in innocent until proven guilty. I think yes. what has already been seen that I've actually seen myself is enough to where I think that he should be not not in a governance uh, position pending the investigation, and um, and I, I and I'm also concerned. that that the reason why this is all breaking now is cover for the real scandal of him as governor which is the deaths of so many seniors. I have to I have to question the timing here because this is a man who everybody laughed when he did a press conference showing his nipple rings. I mean, this is a man who in my mind, you know, has been running around to everybody's knowledge sexually harassing people. Quite frankly, I find it sexually harassing to me and to the public. I was joking about it last night, but you're sitting there giving a press conference about coronavirus with your nipple clamps showing that is foul and disgusting to me and you know um, to me that is that is perverted I will see uh, so I've seen enough of myself to think that this man should not be in his position of leadership but I'm concerned that this is this is a way for, for the left to try to cover up where the real scandal was brewing which had to do with the deaths of seniors and nobody's talking about that right now like they're willing to sacrifice him on the altar of the Me Too movement right now to stop people from getting into the truth about the deaths of seniors. And I want to see an investigation there. Y'all, t- tune in to Wendy Wednesday. Her show is um, at 6 p.m. I think it's the same time as mine today with Dr. Wendy. Thank you for being here, my friend.
1: Uh, always a pleasure, Andrea. Thank
2: you for having me. Thank you, hon. All right. Before we take a break, I know I'm well over. I want to go to the phones. Mike from San Diego is on the on the line. He says Democrats are running out the clock on so many things. Hey, Mike, welcome back to the show. I think you've called him before, haven't you?
0: I right. I have, Andrea. Thank you for taking my call so quick. So you know, listening to your interview with Wendy, Doctor uh, Wendy, um, even if the Supreme Court rules in favor of those of those you know voting law cases, um, Democrats will simply ignore it they'll break the law every election cycle and run out the clock every time. And so, and so I feel like we're just playing these dumb games with, you know, they're basically distinctions without a difference. And, and this is why leftists corrupt and ruin everything they touch. And, uh, you know, my vote and other people's votes have already been ruined this last election. And so honestly, I don't think it matters anymore my vote doesn't matter anymore. Your vote doesn't matter anymore. I don't think anybody's vote matters anymore. As long as Democrats are allowed to create these laws, um, and, and even it doesn't even matter. I don't think even that law, they would just do it anyway. Um, and, and, this is, and this is the problem. The, the, this group, this party, this ideology is allowed to run roughshod mm-hmm. over the American public. The body politic uh, at the Constitution, uh, uh, f- freelancing wherever they feel like it, and there's nobody around ever to stop them, uh, to, to hold them in contempt, to indict them, to arrest them, to uh, uh, take them to court, put them in jail. Uh, there's never any punishment for these people, and this is the problem. And this is why, and I hate saying this, but John Edwards was right. Um, there are two Americans, and we're living in it right now. Fans. I, I think That's you're right problem. because
2: I said I got I, I had conservatives angry at me because I agreed with Lynn Wood in Georgia after we knew that the that the Republican Georgia the the Republican governor of Georgia had, had cooked up a, a deal with Stacey Abrams to allow for fraud this that in November and then for the Senate runoff I conservatives were angry at me then I agreed with Lynn Wood you know until the Republican Party proved including that governor that they had that that they were going to remove all the elements of fraud that happened in November for the runoff why would anybody show up and vote and conservatives were like turn out turn out turn out we have to keep the senate but but we just had the election stolen the the the, the georgia yeah, election think, was completely fraudulent what yeah what why why would you why would you tell people to go up and show up using the same mechanisms that were in play if you believed that the election was stolen in november my conservative friends and all the same mechanisms all the election mechanisms were still in place in january right why, what are you doing this that was right. that was our time. To we had a window to hold the to to put the Republicans' feet to the fire and tell them, here is your chance. You want to keep control of in Senate? Then you will go into Georgia and you will stop. You will remove every aspect of fraud that's in place there. And what happened? The RNC took two hundred million dollars to fight election fraud, didn't spend any of it. And during the, the right. Georgia election, they were on vacation. Mike, I'm so past right. the point of a, of a break. Thank you no, for no, calling no. in because very much. thank you because we've got. It's like that caller brian said last night we are going to be talking about election fraud on every andrea case show because nothing else matters we can sit here and talk about policies all day long and what we believe in and who who's gonna who won the straw poll at cpac but unless we have fair elections it it doesn't doesn't matter matter. yeah it's not gonna matter
3: it's like recall i keep telling you about the recall am i excited about it yes but i'm not expecting a different outcome now
2: right and John Cox, I liked what he had to say on yes, like mask and stuff on uh, most of it, but you know when we asked about what are you doing to stop the election fraud, he you know he he feels like oh well look how well we did in some of these these propositions, so we don't really have fraud. No, that's not what that meant. In fact, what it could have meant is it, it could have meant how you know um, that there was there's a red wave brewing in, in California, and we need to make sure that it's not stolen like it was in the midterms in 2018 with ballot harvesting. Got to take a break and we come back. We've got. Uh, More to talk about. Christopher Ray was in front of Congress today. What did Ray get away with? Stay tuned.
0: k follow her on twitter at andrea k show and like her facebook fan page at andrea k spelled k-a-y-e a.k
3: dynamite and address or just andrea k whatever you call her don't call her fake news it's the andrea k show on the answer san diego
2: Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K show. Years ago, I don't usually talk about other people's um, besides my stations, radio shows, but the years ago I was riding home from LA and I caught um Tim. His dad was on the Carol Burnett show. What's the what's the last name? Um I can't remember. I care you know, he's got a very successful show up in LA. I can't even remember um uh, uh what the, the guy's last name was skins is googling it for me um uh, but he had he had a segment every monday night this was a time when which i was uh, going back and forth um tim conway tim conway yes tim conway jr uh so he had a segment on monday nights called what in the hell is jesse jackson jr say <laughs> And it was absolutely hilarious. And then he would always, and he would have people call in and give prizes. And, uh, you know, nine times out of ten, the show would would play a clip of Jesse Jackson Jr. reciting Green Eggs and Ham, right? Which was just absolutely hilarious. So today, when this whole cancel Dr. Seuss thing came about, I was thinking, what what did, did he, did, did Jesse Jackson Jr. suddenly, I mean, was it, was it, was it, was it Jesse Jackson Jr. being racist then? Or how? And then I googled it. How is this even on YouTube? How in the world did we get to a place, potato skins,
3: where Dr. Seuss books? I mean, what is it? It sounds like something out of The Onion. Seriously,
2: it does. I mean, it's like you can't you can't even the stories coming out now with cancel culture. Like last week, it was Mister Potato Head. Did we, You know, today it's Dr. Seuss. What kid in America did not read or have read to them The Cat in the Hat? When, you know, or any of the other Dr. Seuss books, when they were kids. If this was so racist, Jesse Jackson Jr., whose entire career has been based on playing the race card with his shakedown with the Rainbow Coalition, he have done that. He wouldn't have done that. And then we had, and then other people were tweeting out today. Michelle Obama did a whole Dr. Seuss thing from the White House. She did back in two thousand fifteen. Two thousand fifteen. So how is it, So, the, and this is what's mind-boggling to me, this cancel culture. They're now canceling things that the Democrats actually originally embraced. You would think that they would try to scrub it, because, you know, the left owns YouTube, and, and uh, you would think that they'd try to scrub it, because it just shows how hypocritical and how insane they are. But Michelle Obama took a different spin on it, right, when she did... Yeah, apparently
3: there was a revised version of um, the cat in the hat, and it was used to, you know, talk about diet and fitness, which she was all about. And so she read to some kids.
2: Okay. Well, you got a little clip. Yeah,
3: I got it. a little clip.
1: Okay. You, you think you'll be up for that? Yeah. All right. So here we go. Oh, the things you can do that are good for you. I'm the cat in the hat. And today is the day. So jump in. Buckle up. We must leave right away. For the feeling great sinner in far off the it's a place, part museum, part circus, part zoo, where you soon will learn how to take good care of you.
3: Now, wait for it. She thinks Dr. Seuss. All right.
2: Well done, Cat in the Hat. I love it. This uh, is awesome. Well, she loves this Cat in the so Hat. Beautiful. She loves it. She and loves it, it. Now, what? Now, her little thing though—that wasn't straight out of the Cat in the Hat. She, she, It was a revised edition. It was a revised edition. This was a part of her pushing her, her um, food program, right? Back she when, wanted,
3: when she wanted Brussels sprouts for all, yeah,
2: exactly. So, you know, how is it? that, you know, we have Democrats. If you're a Democrat out there, and I heard an argument today on another talk radio show that was astounding to me, you cannot, with any intellectual honesty, come to me and tell me that Dr. Seuss needs, this is, I, I'm wondering, this is so bad with Dr. Seuss. It is so stupid it's and most insane. The thing and, I've ever and, heard. And, absolutely. When you know that Democrats, like Michelle Obama, and, and let me tell you, we all know that Michelle and Barack Obama started playing the race card the second they got to the White House. Michelle Obama, go back and research. her anti-American, anti-white people paper that she wrote when she was in college. These people hate this country. These people, Barack Obama said America is systemically racist, and yet they have Michelle Obama reading Cat in the Hat. I'm wondering, are we at the point in which they've gone too far?
3: I would say yes. I mean, at what point? I mean, I don't think, I mean, the the race card, it it disgusts me when when they play it, when the left plays it. You go to Dr. Seuss, that's really where you're going.
2: Right. I mean, what kid in in America was harmed by hearing Dr. Seuss? Nobody. There's nobody now. I, and and if you want to go back and say that okay, back Dr. Seuss at some point in his life, back forty years ago, said something racist. Well, you know what? Um, uh, is that going to be? So that's a, that's a huge
3: part of this. You yeah, know, real quick before we take a break, I, I don't remember the name of the book. I'm going to have to look it up. But do you remember the Dr. Seuss book where they had there was a, 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 an individual uh, and some some of them had stars on their bellies and other and other ones of of them didn't well the whole point of that book was to actually get them all to be on the same side and to get them to realize that they're all that they're all the same so it's 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 ridiculous that they call this guy racist
2: well and even if he was at some point before he wrote the before he wrote the books if green eggs and ham doesn't have racism in it or the cat in the hat i mean why do you have a problem or how about this how about letting people decide what books they want to read their kids The the left is sitting around. This is no different than the Supreme Court case today that that we talked about earlier with Dr. Wendy. This is the left contorting themselves. This is what their cultural Marxist movement is based on. Any way that using identity politics, pretending that they're protecting certain groups, when what they're really about is about tearing apart the fabric of this nation. This is about Dr. Seuss. The reason why they're going after Dr. Seuss is the same reason why they went after the flag with their kneeling thing with the NFL. It's about trying to... Dr. Seuss was something which is why um michelle obama used dr seuss for for universal
3: across the nation
2: it's it's actually an american institution it's it's so much a part of our tradition and our culture that's why jesse jackson jr read the book why they used it and this is why they're going against it to destroy it i mean if you can take down dr seuss right if you what what are they going to go after next you
3: know rudolph uh you know christmas it sounds silly but had a year ago you said that they would take down dr seuss i would have called you crazy
2: They are going after every. Piece of traditional America to have it destroyed and in the course of doing that they want to continue to further ingrained in the psyche of Americans that America is a, is a systemically racist country therefore the left should get to control every aspect and, and, and how and it's in all aspects of our culture so the left now gets to decide what you're allowed to see, read, Bingo. hear, etc. That's ultimately what it's about. We're going to take a break. We come back. we got more to talk about on the other side, don't go away.
0: Sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter at Andrea K Show and follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K Kay. spelled K A Y E.
3: Andrea K bringing the world a much needed reality check. You're listening to the Andrea K Show on the Answer San Diego.
2: Welcome back. So today Christopher Ray went before uh, Congress to hear some, you know, to discuss the January 6th Capitol Hill. We have not had where were all the Black Lives Matter and Antifa investigations uh, Christopher Ray bragged about how hundreds of people have been arrested. There were not hundreds of people that got inside and and um, committed acts of violence. No, it doesn't add up inside. So those numbers don't add up. Uh, number one and number two. Neither does the death of Officer Sitnik, who was who was given one of the few positions of honor where he was laid in the Capitol rotunda. We still do not have. It was falsely reported that he was hit by a Trump support with with a fire extinguisher that's not true. We still don't know the cause of death and
3: Christopher Ray refused to reveal that today. And Trump came out and said that he had wanted 10,000 National Guard troops there and it was denied. Well, what we do know is that Christopher Ray is continuing
2: to hide information related to this Christopher Ray should have been fired by Trump a long time ago. The FBI is a swamp baby. We'll be back tomorrow night.